God when he's spoken to us. Amen. I want to continue with uh, this uh, message I was speaking, uh, the power of agreement. The power of agreement. This morning, Michael and I had a, a good time of agreement for the United States, praying for the U.S., that God would turn things around for us, and uh, for some, by some uh, means, God is able to do all things, put us in the right direction, so every family is blessed. Amen? So we're going to be talking about the power of uh, agreement. That's from Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, beginning from verse 18, and we will go through verse 22. I extended it this time because I wanted to look at something there to uh, help us understand a little bit how important this is. Beginning from verse 18, Jesus speaking, he says, I shortly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on the earth, if two of you, just two, two of you, two of you agree on the earth, not in heaven, nowhere else, just on the earth. That's the number one requirement. Just two people. If you will agree and you are on the earth. If two of you agree on the earth concerning anything. Can I hear the word anything? Anything means anything. Anything that they ask. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So the problem is agreement. Who, where can I find somebody who is going to agree fully with me and not come out of agreement? I just need one person. If I can get more than one, it gets better. All I need is one person and the word of God will not return to him void. God is not a man that speaks and goes back on his word. He says, I'm not a man. I speak and I do it. If I've said it, I'll do it. It will be done. So God doesn't lie to us. And Jesus told us in this scripture, I assure you that if just two people on the earth will agree concerning anything, anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them, not maybe, will be will be done. If we can just believe what Jesus is telling us and rest in what he's told us, that he will not lie to us. Just two on the earth agree. That's the major problem. We hardly agree about anything. And that's what Satan wants. He knows there is power in agreement, so he's constantly causing disagreement among brethren, between husband and wife, uh, at the workplace. It's just the way it is. But God says two will agree, if two will agree. So Jesus told us that. He says in verse 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, it will be done. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. 
So tonight, Jesus is here in our midst. I know you can't see him, but we gather together in his name. But he's right here with us. How many of you will change the way we think and the way we speak and the way we act if we can really see Jesus sitting and watching us, listening to the message? But we'll be taking notes to make sure he knows we're taking notes, right? And we're really serious about this. I will hear a lot of amen. Well, yes, preach it, brother. Because Jesus is sitting there and you can see him. Uh, Our attitude will be very different, right? But he's here. The same Jesus. Not any weight less than that Jesus that we've read about in Bible days. And he said to us, if you believe without sin, it's even better. Blessed are those who believe without sin. So you believe because he's here with us. Amen. He's here with us. Verse 21 is really important. After Jesus said that, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Because to agree, if somebody's wronged you, it's going to be hard to agree with that person. So Peter, listening to Jesus speak to all of them, but he wanted, hey, let's talk about this thing further, just between us. What do you think? How often should I disagree with my brother? I mean, your brother sinned against me, and I forgive him so we can be in agreement. And he had his, a perfect number. He said seven times. I'm sure he would have been glad if Jesus had said, yeah, you got it right seven times. And after that, you can take him out. But Jesus replied, no, 70 times 7. In other words, there is no reason for you not to be in agreement. You can't find one. You got to be able to work it out so that you can be in agreement. So it's very important. Now, if two shall agree concerning anything on the earth, that's the emphasis here, you have to be on the earth and you have to be a human being. Because this is the part of, the, of God's universe that he's given to mankind. This is where we have authority. This is where you can name the animals. And whatever name you give to the animal, that's his name. And that's what God will call the animal. So whatever you bind, whatever you lose, that's going to happen on the earth. That's what God was demonstrating to Adam. It's not like God didn't know what to call the animals. He was giving, he's giving authority to Adam. Now you name them. And whatever Adam called them, that's what God called them. So it's whatever you name, whatever you bind, or whatever you lose, that's what heaven says. That's right. You got it right. That's the secret about this thing. It's a law. It's a spiritual law. It's very powerful. It's whatever you call it. And if you're watching on television, we're telling you, call the right things to your life. Call the right things to your life. Don't call the wrong things. Because whatever you call it, that's what it's going to be. Especially if you've got two people calling the same thing. That's exactly what it's going to be. That's why we must watch, we must watch what we say. And what we're saying, I'm very concerned about, you know, what people say 
especially with the clothes. Uh, so I go by uh, Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, said God. Because what you say, what, you, what comes out of your mouth matters. And not just you, what comes out of their mouth matters. Because they are humans on the earth. So what we want to do, work in the works of Christ, we have to stay with scriptures. And do what God tells us to do. Because your words, you got the authority. It's whatever you bind. It's whatever you lose on the earth. Now you have to realize Jesus was a man. He called himself the son of man. When he called himself the Son of God, and I'm going back to last week, when he called himself the Son of God, the Jews would stone him because saying he was the Son of God meant he was equal with God. In other words, if he says, I'm the Son of God, he is saying, I'm God. A son of a man is a man. Just because he's a son doesn't make him less than a man. The son of a monkey is a monkey. Doesn't make the monkey any less than the father. So when Jesus said, the son of man, he is saying, I am a full man. No different from you. Just a man fully anointed of God. So he can be the example for us. To do the things that God created us as men to do. He was a perfect man. So Jesus referred to himself more in scriptures as the son of man than he referred to himself as the son of God. Read the scriptures. Read the gospel. You'll be amazed how many times Jesus referred to himself as the son of man. That you may know that the son of man is also lord of the servant, the Sabbath. That's, it was a saying, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And that you may know also that the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So everything on earth was made for man. And we have authority on the earth. Jesus didn't say that you may know that the Son of God has authority to forgive sin. That's not what he said. That's what I would have expected him to say, but that's not what he said. He said that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth. And God has committed judgment into his hand, not because he's the Son of God, but because he is the Son of Man. This is our realm. This is where we are supposed to operate. And anyone that's going to operate here must be a man. And so God sought for a man. Just looking for a man. He couldn't find one. He came in as a man. To walk on the earth. You see, the brothers of Jesus and those who lived with him, they didn't see him as God. They saw a man. I know we know he's the son of God. But when he was growing up, they just saw another man. He was a carpenter. Read the scriptures. 
Mark chapter 6. He was a carpenter. They knew he was a carpenter. And he, he spoke down because the carpenter was doing stuff. He said, where did he get these things? How come he can do these things? Where did he get this wisdom? We grew up with him. They saw a man. And he was a real man. If he was different from every other man, then there was no need for them to start saying things like that. Where did he get these things? That's God. No, this our man. Even his brothers didn't believe in him. Read John chapter 7. They didn't believe. Because they grew up with him. And all they saw was another man. He just looked like them. Acted like them. Except he was perfect. But he was just a man. And Jesus made it clear to us. He, is, he was when he came a man. He came in into our world like every other man born of a woman. So that he can be the perfect example for us. Of what it takes if one man will agree with God perfectly. How things could change in our world. So when Jesus did certain things, they were concerned. He had friends when he was growing up. If you read some translation, it says his friends were concerned about him. So he had friends that were not going about with him preaching. Other, people, other, script, other translations will say family. But they were concerned that something was wrong. Because all they knew was that was a man. It's a friend. They loved him. They saw him growing up with them. Jesus had friends. Even among the twelve disciples to tell you he was a man... John, the disciple, that was his friend. Just like you have your, your best friend. But his best friend was not picked to be the leader. That's spiritual. Peter was picked to be the leader. But his real best friend was John. You can read the scriptures. They got along very well. He was a man. But he was also God. But when he came into our world, he didn't operate as God. He operated as the son of man. And he said, what I see my father do, I do likewise. He shows me what he's doing, and then I do the same thing. And now Jesus is showing us what he's doing by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we should do what we see him do. That's what we should be doing. We should be led of the Spirit. If we see the Spirit doing it, then from his word we know what to do. Let me read the scripture to you, Mark chapter 3. Verse 22, 21, it says, Then Jesus went home, that's went back home. I mean, you know, after we finish, you're going back home today, right? Where Jesus had a home to go to. <laughs> Not heaven, home on the earth. Jesus went home, but again a crowd gathered. There were so many people that Jesus and his followers could not eat. When his family heard this, they went to get him because they thought he was out of his mind. Can you say God was out of his mind? They saw a man. He's making a serious mistake. He can't be doing this stuff. He's not even eating. He's lost his mind. He's, he's got to eat. He's going to hurt himself. They were genuinely concerned about it. All I'm doing is trying to make a point that Jesus was a man. And he lived on the earth, and so he was exercising his authority as a man. 
saying, I have authority as a man because I live on the earth and I can do these things. And you, as a child of God, just like Jesus, you have been given the authority on the earth and you can tell Satan, get lost. And he'll flee from you. Then the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have nothing to be afraid of because you are a man. That's the truth. Jesus came into our world as a man. Let me read the scripture to you. John chapter 10 from verse 1 to 5. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter into the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, yet they will not they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know. The voice of strangers. And then after this, Jesus himself declared, I am the door. Now, what is he saying? If you read the scripture, it's hard to know where he's going with this. Because all of a sudden, he started talking about this. And if you were standing there, you said, what is he talking about? Because he started, I am the good shepherd. And he just started just flowing out of his mouth. And you sit in there listening to him. And he's saying, who he, uh, he who comes from another way and not through the door, the same is the thief and the robber. What is he talking about? Jesus came into our world the right way. He was born into the world. Even though he was God, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and he was born into our world as a man. When Satan comes, he, does, he has no way of coming through that birth channel. He can't be born into our world. But he wants to operate in our world. That's the thief. Did Jesus not tell us about the thief? About the thief. Satan is the thief and the mother. He is the one that is climbing some other way to get into our world. That one is a thief and the doorkeeper will not keep. Who is the doorkeeper? The Holy Spirit. Hello? Please don't answer the phone. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the doorkeeper. Until he speaks to you, you, cannot cope, you can't come to the Father. You can't hear Jesus. He is the one that opens. Satan is the thief. And so Jesus came into our world and he is the shepherd. But again, because he came into our world, he became the door to the Father. That no one can go to the Father except through him. He is that door. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we follow him and he leads us out. And he shows us things. That's what the truth is. You see, Satan doesn't accept this truth. Satan doesn't want to believe 
that Jesus, God, came in human form. It's always challenging that. And that's how you get to know a false prophet. If they say Jesus didn't come in human form, in flesh. Let me read in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 22 and 3. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh as a human being is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, he is not of God. Jesus came as a man. That's what he's saying. And he is the head, and we are his body. He is the head, and we are his body. Today we have a man seated in the Godhead right there in heaven. When Jesus rose from the dead, he said, I'm not a spirit. Handle me. Spirits don't have flesh and bones. You read that? And yet he's God himself. A lot of revelation here. But the point is, because you are a man, if two of you can agree on the earth with heaven, nothing can stop you. No devil can stand in your way. There is really no need to be afraid. You just have to be a man. Not even just a good man. The one who has accepted God and your righteousness belongs to him. Once that's done and the Holy Spirit is in your life, you have such authority and great power flowing in your life. You are not ordinary. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have been born of God. You are born, even though you are flesh, you have been born of the spirit. So you got two births and Satan is scared of you. That's why when you resist the devil, he doesn't walk away from you. He flees from you in terror. We just don't know that. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But that's why we are studying the scriptures. So you know the right. Jesus said in in, um, Luke chapter 10, he said, I believe verse 19, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what he told us. A child of God born by the Spirit of God, a human being on the earth, you have so much authority standing on your own. But two or three, woo. Has so much power. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They go into captivity because they have no knowledge. But tonight, God is unveiling that knowledge so you don't sit and think you are ordinary. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Even though you are a human being, the Bible says we are seated with him in heavenly places. Even though you are on the earth, in the mind of God, God's raised you way up there with his son, and you are seated with God. Read Ephesians chapter 2, right there in heaven with him. He is the head, and you are the body. You can't separate a man's head from his body. He's the same one person, and so Satan is scared of you. I declare to you tonight, Satan is scared of you. When he sees you coming, he says, here comes trouble. 
What are we going to do now? Yet we're dealing with little things that we deal with. And those things, they're so close to us that we can't see beyond to see what God is giving to us. Ephesians chapter, chapter 1 says that they may know the hope of their calling. There is a hope to your calling. And it's greater than you can even imagine. But as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The word of God is supposed to lift us up. Lift us up. That word of God is divine and can transform anything. It's the same word that created the universe. You got that word living in you and that word can transform your life, transform your situation, change everything. If you can only believe, all things are possible. All things are possible. It's not going to play, play in church. It's knowing what God says and truly going after God with all of your heart. And loving Him. It's a great privilege. So Satan is scared. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to know Jesus was a man on the earth. Basically, when they saw Jesus, when Jesus showed up and they said, We know you. What are you doing in that uh, 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 flesh suit? Remember, the demons always accuse him. We know who you are. You are the Son of God. And Jesus will always tell them, Be quiet. They knew. But they still cannot understand how God became a man. But that's what gave him authority on the earth. Amen? And we've got the same authority. And God is saying, if two of us shall agree, you and God, things can change. Amen? This question of binding and loosing is a spiritual law. Very serious spiritual law. That's as good as the law of gravity. If you go up, unless you are in a plane, you're coming down. If you jump out of a plane, you better have a parachute. And that parachute better be working. You're coming down. That's the law of gravity. It always works. Even if you are the son of God, (laughs) you can't do that. Because there is a natural law that is at work. But there are also spiritual laws that we need to recognize that we take fear out of our heart so that we can trust God. Are you going to be tempted with fear? Certainly. But the word of God in you will overcome that fear. The word of God in you will overcome that fear. And if you constantly fear, then the word hasn't taken its root in your life. Every one of us have go through difficult times. They, they come, you open your eyes, here comes trouble. And we have to deal with them. But thank God He has equipped us. It's a law that's always working. It's there for us. And what we need to do is to know that we can speak, like I said, name, whatever you call it, that's what it is. That law, that was God's original intent. To rule. And then Jesus gave us this now. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. 
If two of you shall agree concerning anything, it will be done. So this is a powerful law that's at work in our life. But what are the things that we are supposed to bind? And what are the things we are supposed to lose? If it keeps you down, then you have to bind that thing. And whatever allows you to enjoy the abundant life that Jesus brought, that's what you need to lose. Not God losing these things for you. You are the one that's supposed to lose those things so that heaven will lose them, right? Until you lose them, heaven can do nothing about it. Until you bind it, heaven cannot bind it on the earth. Once you bind it on the earth, then heaven can bind it. That's why Jesus said, pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is always done in heaven. On earth, absolutely not. Because there are a lot of crazies walking around. But once there's a man on earth that agrees for, that heaven's will be done, as long as he's on the earth, God says, fine, now we can come in. But until you open the door, it's not going to be done. God will always take permission. You know, God didn't just say, well, Mary, you got no choice about this. I'm going to bring my son through you. The angel had to speak to her first. Remember that? Get a permission. And she said, let your word be fulfilled in my life. Did you remember that? Jesus, Mary actually said that. Until she said that, God couldn't do anything. Even for Jesus to, to come into the world, God had to get some permission. I know we don't see it as that, but an angel said, I am Gabriel. You know that was, this is big lady. You are highly favored. Wow, those are good things. Come on, tell me more, Mary says. I like hearing this. That's the way to woo her. God has highly favored you. I am Gabriel. And then after that, notice how he said, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she's already pregnant now. What was he doing? Persuading her to fully agree with God's plan. The same principle holds in anything that God's doing on the earth. Same principles. Until you agree with God, nothing can be done. Until you pray, I know we see prayer as uh, some religious thing, you know. Oh, I've prayed five times today. That's not the point. The point is for you to tell God so he can agree because he already wanted to do that. He allowed you to go through some pain so you can get to the place where you are crying out, I want this, I want this. Hello? I want this. And when you cry, God says, I've been waiting to hear that for a long time. I'm glad you got there now. And then he begins to move. He's got to persuade us. But until you lose it, it's not lost in heaven. And you watching on television, better not. If there are things happening in your life, uh, begin this business of binding and loosing. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. I used to wonder, 
is God expecting me to fight with him? Like Jacob wrestled with the angel, remember that? This is a different kind of wrestling. Where you speak the word. Binding and losing. So there are things that we need to bind. And there are things that are, we need to lose. For example, I've got five things and I'm going to be speaking on them. Um, first, bind the power of sin. And lose the power of forgiveness. Because sin is binding. And forgiveness is freeing. So we want to lose those. Secondly, you want to bind fear. And you want to lose faith. Because fear has torment. But faith is freeing. So we got to bind those things. Third, third thing, bind sickness. And lose healing. Sickness is of the devil. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Sickness is of the devil. We must bind the devil and we must bind sickness. But we must lose healing. The more we talk about healing, the more we talk about God getting rid of sickness, the freer we get and the less sick we get. So we must lose healing based on God's word. By his stripes I was healed. We're gonna, I may not go into details with this. Uh, I just don't want to run through them. But just for introduction, it's very important for me. These are some of the things we must do. We must bind selfishness. Which is the greatest trouble we have. But then we must lose the love of God. And that has one unique characteristic. I know we know about the, the love of God, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. But there is one unique characteristic of love. And we're going to be talking about that. That's the way we measure. Selfishness, because it's us a lot of trouble. And then number five, we must bind demons and the devils. And we must allow the Holy Spirit to be free to walk among us. Amen? Demons keep people oppressed. The Holy Spirit frees. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to what? To preach, to free captives, recovery of sight to the blind. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he frees. So we want to allow the Holy Spirit, we let him loose. Amen? Let him go so that we can be free. And then we bind demonic forces that are coming against our lives. Uh, demons have not all gone to sleep when Peter died. They're still around. And they're still tormenting people, still lying to people, making them very uncomfortable, making them not to have self-confidence and all of those things because of demonic forces. I, I can speak on that because when they come into your life, it's a lot of trouble. You can't sleep or suspicious, all kinds of trouble. He just lies. 
we have to bind those forces. Whatever you bind on the earth is what? Bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on the earth is what? Loosed in heaven. God is good. God is good. And the devil is bad. That's right. All the time the devil is bad. He doesn't know how to be good. He doesn't know how to be good. And he's a liar. And he's been lying to us. We need to catch him in his lies. If anything is speaking into your head that is putting you down and getting you further down, if it's oppressive, there's a demon behind it. There's a demon. You can never get away from it. When I had my trouble back in Nigeria, I thought, oh, it's still, I got my ticket now. I'm going to America. I'm leaving all these demonic forces back in Africa. And I'm coming to America, the land of the free, the land of the brave. Those demons got in the plane without buying a ticket. (laughs) And they came with me to America. I thought to myself, these guys, I paid for this. And they just rode with me into America and continue their business in my life, nothing changed. I had to begin to fight. The day I learned I had to fight for my life, that's when the victory began. And I'm still in the process. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's a daily thing. But one thing I remind myself is this. His mercies are new every morning. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So even in my sleep, my ears are awake. Amen? Every morning so I can have the joy of the Lord no matter what's going on. And when I'm troubled, I run to the tower. My strong place. My stronghold, which is in Christ Jesus. We should never be discouraged because God is with us. You sang that tonight. God's with us. We need to encourage ourselves. And you on television, remember also that God loves you. And if God is for you, no one can be against you. They can be against you when God's not for you. But if God's for you, don't turn around. Don't turn around. You know, Jesus' brothers didn't believe in him. They said, if you want to show yourself, no man wanting to be known is going to be hiding here in Capernaum. Go, go to Jerusalem. Everybody is there. Go and show yourself. Later, they were waiting for 10 days for the Holy Spirit coming from Jesus. And James would not dare Say he is the brother of the Lord. Peter, James, and the rest of them, that's the brother of John, they called him the brother of the Lord. But he won't call himself that. He says, I am the servant of Jesus Christ. His eyes got open. His eyes got open. So if God's for you, no one can be against you. Settle that in your heart. They may try, but they won't work. It won't work. Because God's on your side. 
you are not mere men and women in Christ. There's nothing like that. And Robert's good to see you tonight. Hallelujah. And you're healed in Jesus' name. God has freed you. And we're going for success. Stand up with me tonight. Stand up with me.